Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thy will be done, O God, on earth, in and through us, as it's being done and declared in heaven. We thank you, Lord God, that you are God, that you are awesome in all that you do, in your timing, in your thoughts towards us, Lord God. I thank you for giving us understanding today, wisdom and counsel, Lord God, encouragement and revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, of your plan, that we will not grow weary in well-doing. We will not be swallowed up by fear or anxiety, but that we will be brought into the fullness of joy and rejoicing. I thank you, Lord God, that no weapon formed against your people will prosper. No word said, no deed done, no action taken, because you are faithful to protect us, complete us, and bring us safely, Lord God, back to heaven. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. Thank you, Lord. He is not weary, he is not discouraged, and he is not confused. I thank you for giving us now eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to be renewed and encouraged. Let each one who listens today, Lord God, be transformed by the revelation of your love and your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, you know, we're thinking now of the birth of Jesus Christ, okay? Amen. And very likely his birthday probably was around September 11th, according to scholars and everything like that. And but the stars. The, you know, the, yeah, right. So so I guess the church decided, well, we got to pick a time, and they kind of picked a time mm-hmm. that was kind of connected with a lot of paganism. Uh, also, as an alternate, as I a, think, as an alternate, or instead an alternative of alternative to yeah. pagan celebrations, we can right. rejoice you, in the you birth you can of cel- our Savior. You can celebrate, you know, Jesus. But the the point of it is, the point of it is, the plan of God is so all encompassing. Mm-hmm. Um, it it is it is a marvelous plan. It's an eternal plan, multifaceted. It's multifaceted, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's something that it's just. Paul said his ways are past finding out. So, and I think we get weary sometimes when we try to figure God out. We try to plot a plan for Him, and say He's got to fit into this. He's going to do that. He's going to come here. He's going to, and God just kind of shows up, moves around, does His thing, and we oftentimes just miss the uh, the thing that God is doing. And I think that's what happened in Bethlehem that that day, that night, that event. Um, that the people, except for a few little shepherds, just kind of missed it. But going back to the background. Well, the background. You, let's go back now over 2,000 years. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm not talking 20 years or 40. I'm talking over 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. In a, in a, We have to remember, too, that everything in God's redemptive plan on earth is taking place within a political cultural mm-hmm. setting. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a, there's, there's yep. conflict and wars right. and what's going on fear here? and poverty and everything Satan could try to possibly do to the earth. God has to come into that scene. So this was not La La Land back then. No. And uh, now in Luke chapter two, and we're quite familiar with the story, it came to pass in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Now, the King James says taxed. Mm-hmm. Now, this census first took place was Quirinius was governor of Syria. So it talks about a 
a, a definite ruler in the area at that particular time. So mm-hmm. Caesar Augustus, of course, was the was considered to be God. And the Roman ruler at the time. The Roman ruler mm -hmm. at the time. So God is pinpointing for us here some political events that help us to put in time, you know, identify the time period that Jesus Christ actually was born in Bethlehem. And Rome was basically at their peak of power right then. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... There was there went out this decree. In other words, it's like it's it's a law. It's an executive order. Yeah, right. right exactly. That all the world, <clears throat> all those provinces that had been conquered by Rome, had to um, they had to be counted. Mm-hmm. The idea of to, it takes a lot to run a government in a in a very corrupt government at that, which the Roman government was, and um, so he wanted a count of all the people. In the empire, and interesting enough, for the purpose yeah. of taxation, isn't it interesting though? But in in many thousands of years before that, in the prophet Micah, they had said that Bethlehem would be the place for the birth of Jesus Christ. So even the political rulers who were declaring we're going to do a census, we're going to do taxation, <clears throat> they were falling right into the plan of the Almighty God. Well, the, all the rebellion. <clears throat> And all the plans of man, and and basically against God, the heathen mm-hmm. rage against, a, the against the Lord and against His Christ. That's basically human history, right there. So, um, but yet it's all fitting in. It's like it's like we're within the plan. In other words, say if we're a bunch of a bunch of um, mosquitoes caught in a big container. They're flying around. They think they're free. Mm-hmm. They think they're just doing their thing. But in this glass container, over all of it, it's surrounded. There's a limitation. There's a plan. There's a containment right. that that God has has made. So so he is he is king. He is Lord. His kingdom rules over all, mm-hmm. and all the kingdoms of men and all the rebellion. All, all that fits into his plan. In other words, when the Satan was stirring up later on, we're jumping way ahead here, when Satan was stirring up things against Christ um, to call for his crucifixion, 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 that was all within the plan of God. Too. Satan mm-hmm. meant it for evil. God meant it for good. This is this is really a, a, a great. I theme think that's really important to, to to get to understand the grasp that concept that that it's there's a plan and we seem to be feeling like we're caught in a plan we're <clears throat> part of this plan we're locked into a plan whatever but ultimately God is in control yeah. of everything and, and even though fear would make you look like you're you're going down for the count. God is faithful. And we see in the midst of chaos here in Bethlehem, in the time of Caesar um, Augustus, God was bringing forth a, a promise that he had made 4,000 years before that. And Amazing. W- 4,000 years. Think of it. And How it w- unbelievable. And it was in a very oppressive time. I mean, we think of... Uh, and very unobvious. With, with COVID and what we have going on politically in the United States. It is a very oppressive time. Well, back in those in the time when uh, Joseph and Mary mm-hmm. are leaving Nazareth, going on a a hundred hundred mile yeah. trip. Yeah. I mean, they're walking. Maybe there's a donkey. 
that's it. I mean, this is a hundred miles over rugged and territory, rocky, rough territory, and and they're going to be registered for for taxation. So they're they're probably, you know, Noah. I mean, Noah Joseph is not. Um, he's not making a whole lot of money. He, if he no. he's a carpenter. And and some some scholars think that he was once in in agriculture, and and it didn't work, so he went into carpentry. Well, I don't know. We don't know that. But the taxes were as much as fifty to sixty percent. Fifty mm. to sixty percent of what you, you made, made mm-hmm. had to go to Caesar. No wonder the people were poor. And you have to think about it too, as Joseph and Mary are starting out on this journey. A hundred miles to fulfill a political uh, emperor's command, they were already emotionally beat up. I think because this was shocking. The angel appearing to Mary, uh, who out of the millions and millions of women that had already been born on the earth would Mary ever think she would be the one chosen? Here's this shocking announcement of the angel Gabriel coming. She's saying yes. Now it's turned up her absolute, just turned up, upturned. Up, it tossed her whole emotional, uh, innocent little life, private life into a huge social arena of scandal and questions. She's pregnant without, <clears throat> you know, yeah. outside of and, wedlock. And, and her, her, in, her, her innocence is in question. Everything that would be most precious to a little girl like that was put on the table, put on the altar, uh, and she had to go forward in just by blind faith, just by obedience. And I'm sure she did not feel exhilarated by being the, the, the mother of, of Jesus at this point. I'm sure she was more terrified, or at least it was at least half of what she was feeling. And to go forward with this thing um, by blind faith, by sheer obedience, um, by not going what it looked like, not going by what people were saying about her. And it was actually a good thing that her and Joseph had this escape where they could get out of town. They could get 100 miles away, have a valid excuse for getting out of town. And and by the way, the way it turned out, after they had the baby in Bethlehem, they stayed there a while, a little while. The wise men came and brought the gifts. And then, of course, Herod found out about everything. They never went back for a long time. They never went back to their hometown they actually made a round trip. They went through Egypt to get away from everything. So they were gone from that town. By the time they got back, the child was born and running around, I'm sure. And so um, God made a nice little escape for them from all that um, uh, social discord. Yeah, but yet in, in the, the political social atmosphere of this time, the, there was a lot of people were discontented. People were unhappy they were oppressed oppressed they yeah. had civil <clears throat> rights none forget them you don't really have any civil rights like herod who was kind of an idumean king appointed by rome just to kind of go placate over mm-hmm. you know israel that area of israel um they were you know he was in it for himself he was he, a political he was, he was a political uh, um, tyrant yeah. is what it was Opportunist. And, and, and if he wanted somebody dead, they were dead. That sort of thing. And nobody stopped him. And, C- and Caesar didn't stop him. him. And he was he just had the full reign of the place. And you had an unjust system. You had probably 10% or less of the, of the people, of the wealthy people, were overlording the rest. Plus you had the strict religious system with the Pharisees and the scribes and no budging there, no grace there, no 
mercy there. And you then you had the little people who had to try to dot every I and cross every T in order to be accepted by God. So you had this really heavy-duty law that had um, just surrounded and encased the people that was very harsh, very... Um, not not much life in it, just a lot of obedience and um, you know rules and regulations. So yeah, in in uh, Israel, in Jerusalem, the whole area, Bethlehem, it was occupied territory. It would be like if we had um, mm-hmm. we had Chinese people now, a Chinese army in our streets right now, mm-hmm. just kind of um, running things, mm-hmm. and and uh, so. Basically, the the Jewish people, of course, hated. They hated Herod. They hated the Romans. Um, no civil rights. We mentioned, and uh, the people. There were a, a lot of factions at this time. Now, Herod, this particular Herod, died not right about not long for, after the birth of Jesus, mm-hmm. and um, but and then when he when he died, there were there were a lot of divisions, right? Divisions that were maybe more silenced because of the intimidation of the big brother government, but then when when a leader sometimes comes off the scene, these Little divisions factions. come up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there were all the nations. The nation was divided from within. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what we have going on in the United States. Well, right and now. interesting enough, in the in this most critical uh, un, time of unrest and instability. We have God, you know, making a statement. He's sending his baby son the, res- the resolution, the answer to the problem, um, salvation, eternal justification. Uh, that baby is being sent in the, into the midst of a, a pack of wolves, basically. And, and you think about this. Now, there, the Lord had, had this plan of the head crusher, Jesus Christ, coming to crush the head of the serpent, the dragon, Satan, um, from from the very beginning. And it had been a long time. It had been so long that people had basically given up. And it, it's, it's like now, you know, is there ever going to be a resolution, an answer? Is, is the day of peace and restoration, is the day of hope <clears throat> ever going to come back? And in Galatians, you know, he Paul talks about this, uh, chapter 4, verse 4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So this is really the purpose of the son coming, is to redeem those who were under the law. The law had been a temporary placeholder that had been given to protect the people of God, to identify the people of God, to give them uh, a distinction between the pagans and them. They were the nation, the Jewish nation, the, the people of God. And all of these laws, rules, sacrifices, the tabernacle, the temple, all of these things they had <clears throat> faithfully been through and unfaithfully. Many times they had actually failed and God had to discipline them. But through it all, the law had remained even for those those many thousands of years. And here we are now. God is going to change things. Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Well, basically, because the, 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 the word says, the soul that sinned shall die, man and had sinned. Now, Satan was calling for our death, and we weren't even eligible to die for ourselves because we were already enslaved. So God had to send his own son to pay that price, the blood, the death, 
to satisfy the wages of sin. And when he did that, then we are now free and eligible to come into a new uh, relationship with God. But we have to back way up here. And, uh, you know, we know the story of the shepherds, mm-hmm. right? They were in the fields. Well, I think this sets the tone that night. there was so much had happened that, and nothing had happened for so long that the shepherds and that night, um, Mary and Joseph coming to Bethlehem, it was like almost anticlimactic. It was well, like well, nobody yeah. got it. It's like, well... It was it was so secretive in in so many ways. Yeah, and and that from that song, um, "O Little Town of Bethlehem," how silently, how silently mm-hmm. the wondrous gift is given. Right. So this is like, um, you know, under the, the cover the of prophet night, prophet Micah, <laughs> uh, Micah five verse two. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, you though you are little among the thousands of Judah, to Yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one who to be ruler in Israel. Hallelujah. Whose going forth have been from of old, mm-hmm. from everlasting. The and, most ex- in little insignificant town that was 10 miles from Jerusalem, actually, you know, just an insignificant, in the shadows kind of a place where God brings the King of Kings and, and the Lord of and Lords. it says about, in Micah chapter 5, verses four and five, and he shall stand and feed his flock Mm -hmm. in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide, for now shall he be great to the ends of the earth, Mm -hmm. and this one shall be peace. This one shall be peace. So if you look at politically in the troubled hearts of the people at this time, there was no peace politically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were under harsh conditions, religious uh, oppression, yeah. legal legalistic fear. to the max, yeah. fear, uh, poverty, uh, occupation by a harsh, a, a, a pagan, a, a filthy pagan power. And I don't think they found a whole lot of peace in their God either at this point in time because they were always being reminded of everything they hadn't done, everything and, that you'd done wrong. Yeah. And 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 they were also, you know, always um, barely eking out a life or a living. That's all they could be- do, really. And it, and so it became a very very difficult life. And you you use the word or read the word majesty. Everything about this night was anything but majesty, except for the angels who were tremendous in their announcement. Um, in the book of Luke, we have that tremendous story. And it, again, it just underscores the, 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 how God does these things. It's so, he, Jesus was not born in a king's house. There wasn't a royal attendant. There wasn't finery. There wasn't, you know, lovely uh, robes and, and curtains and soft clothing. There was nothing like that. There was no acknowledgement of anything except he's here. And, the, and the, 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 the shepherds were the first ones to acknowledge that. Well, and you think of, well, the angels said, don't be afraid. They were greatly afraid. That was mm-hmm. the, really an understatement. They yeah, were, in the, we would say, we could say. The they sky were, was erupting with all this light and crazy. And was this aliens, was this foreign powers. They didn't have to think about bombs going off or anything, but they did not have any idea of what this was, except it seemed to be very surreal. They were freaking out, if we could use a contemporary term. Mm-hmm. Then the angel, Luke chapter 2, verse 10, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Everybody. All people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, Savior, what what does this mean? Okay, so God had spoken in, in Isaiah chapter 43, Isaiah 45, and Hosea chapter 13, verse 4. He speaks of himself as a Savior. There's no other Savior but me. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, um, a Savior, what, what, how, how is a Savior... What does a savior do? Yeah. What does a savior do? The definition of savior in, in the Old Testament uh, uh, Hebrew is that one. It's one who brings safety, one who brings freedom, mm-hmm. uh, one who uh, rescues, or or uh, a defender, one mm-hmm. who defends a deliverer, mm-hmm. a, a deliverer. Uh, brings salvation and, and victory. And this is what people long for still. Even though, you know, we have been inundated with 2,000 years of, of lies and unbelief and fear and secular humanism and political scenes coming and going in World War One and Two and all kinds of things we have um, put, been put through, we still have, we still have this same need for the Savior a personal savior, and ultimately one who will bring salvation to the nations. It's interesting, going back to the prophecy of Zacharias, who prophesied about John the Baptist, mm-hmm. his the, the son, John the Baptist, that was going to be the forerunner of Jesus. Um, in, in verse 71 of Luke chapter 1, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Hate oh us. My to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Um, What a tremendous statement that is so appropriate even for this day. Um, For who had been, since the world began, this um, to save us from our enemies from the, from Genesis on um, the hand of those who from the hand of those who hated us and perform the mercies promised our fathers this promise of God you know the promises of God Satan hates the promises of God and what he tries to do in all of us is snatch them away bury them un- unravel them and discourage us so that we don't see what's happening this coming with the angels announcing to the shepherds, this was the part one of the fulfilling of the promise, really. Part one, the coming of Jesus. Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you, like you said, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. How many people right now have great joy? The only joy you're going to have, the only great joy, the only peace you're going to have is in knowing that God keeps his promises, knowing that this word is true, knowing that Jesus Christ came, knowing that he has a purpose, that he's not finished yet, and that he is coming again, and that we must be found in him. We must be found in him. And there uh, is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This baby, this event, this 
this shocking, and, and the angels are talking, and this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in the manger. Okay, in a manger, not in a crib, not in a house. A what? A, f- a feed trough. A feed trough, wrapped in swaddling clothes. And suddenly there was, in other words, this baby had just been born because you put swaddling clothes on the yeah, baby. They're, that's, they're like strips of cloth. That, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude, one angel, now a multitude, of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Our goal, my goal, is to get this 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 message, glory to God in the highest and peace, uh, goodwill towards men, not not what the Catholics say. The Catholics say good uh, peace towards men of goodwill. That means you got to be good in order to get, you know, it's kind of a conditional thing. But God didn't say it that way. He says peace, goodwill towards men. He, God, is now reconciling with man. He has now brought forth his son. There is now peace. There's now an avenue of peace. There's a reconciliation. There's a way we can make it back to the Father through the salvation, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, who at this point, they knew none of this. They did not know anything about the crucifixion of this baby. This baby was going to die on the cross for their sins. The angels didn't say anything about the bad news. They just said, this is good news, and it's going to turn out really good. So, and the shepherds, you know, (laughs) poor guys, they must have been, you know, their whole life had been super boring. The most exciting thing they probably ever did was chase away a wolf or something. And now they've got the news. They got the news first, and they didn't do anything to get the news. They weren't special. They weren't elite. They weren't on the top shelf. They were the little guys on the bottom, on the ground, the grassroots. They're the ones raising, actually, the lambs that are going to be used in the in, in Jerusalem in the sacrifices. sacrifices yeah. Their flocks were the sacrificial lambs. They had to be the perfect lambs. And, and, and yeah, and sacri- most shepherds were were considered very untrustworthy. I, I think a shepherd that wasn't able to even testify in a court of law or anything like that. These could have been, you know, better shepherds. They may they maybe, <laughs> maybe they they're were, higher maybe class. Maybe they were nicer shepherds because they were keeping some of the Best, sacrificial best flocks mm-hmm. for the sacrifices in Jerusalem. That's at least what uh, uh, speculation But at is. least they were willing to believe. They didn't say, oh, come on, guys, is this, we can't leave the flock. This is ridiculous. No, they just dropped everything, and no, they ran to the place to go find this baby. Notice the revelation of the coming of the Savior did not come to Herod. It didn't come to mm-hmm. Caesar Augustus. Mm-hmm. It did not come to the scribes and Pharisees. No. It didn't come, I mean, it did come uh, to Zacharias, yeah. who, who was a, as a, a priest, and you had Anna mm-hmm. also. And Simeon. And Simeon. The little guys. The, the, little, li- guys. the, li- the little guys that nobody gives a rip about in, a se- in many ways. Uh, they're the ones that got the, uh, the, the revelation. But. So. What is it? Well, here's the deal. Can I say this? That the shepherds, they they were all in, enamored. I, they were all I, entangled, I guess is a better word. They were entangled with their world, with their life, with their poverty, with their drudgery, with their boredom, with their... Same old, same old. Yeah. With, the, you know, hundreds of years, thousands of years of a promise not kept. And am I going to be the one? Is this it? Really? Is this the coming of the Lord? Can you believe this? Well, they didn't chat too much about that. They just dropped their stuff. It says, so when the angel, 
So it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. So they were full of faith. They they were going to do this. Bethlehem, they, they probably knew all the stables in Bethlehem, if there were more than one, you know. So they probably began to go to check them out. See, well, which one is it? It's a stable. It's a manger. Okay, there's a clue. And so they found him, and they came with haste. They didn't, they didn't put anything else in front of this. They dropped everything and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger, just like the angel said. And when they had seen him, they made widely known saying among those, uh, this, the saying which was told to them concerning this child. So they're just not going to be quiet about it. And if someone asks me, well, this guy, he's going to be the Savior. He's going to grow up to be the Savior. How, how is he going to save us? Yeah, and so going to do? The concept... The salvation back then would be a, uh, in the a minds military, of most people, yeah. would be a military or a political solution. Someone to overthrow mm-hmm. a revolution. One of in Jesus' latest disciples was Simon the Zealot. He was a revolutionary, yeah. wanted to overthrow the system. And the, I think that's system. what provoked Judas, too. I think he wanted... This to be a political revolution, wanted Jesus to sit as king. Remember, we was, he was going through Jerusalem on the donkey, and everybody's saying, Hosanna to the, king, the son of David. I think that was the moment they had hoped Jesus would take over. And I think our plans, our plans for how this world will be resolved, our ideas are get in the way of what God is really wanting to say. So we need to put away our notions and go and do what God says. Go get Jesus. Go find him in the, in the stable. Find him where he's at. Don't put him where you want him to be. Find him where he is at and let him bring joy, peace, sanctification, hope, promise to your life. Because God is the one who made the promise. God, the Father, is the one who sent the Son. Jesus is the Son who was willing to come. They planned this out for us to deliver us from this present evil world. And in, in Zacharias had talked about being delivered from our enemies. Mm-hmm. And the enemies, we know from Ephesians 6, are not flesh and blood. It's not people. It's not political systems. It's principalities and powers. It's spiritual wickedness in high places. We have enemies of fear, doubt, unbelief, um, you know, lust, all, all these kinds of things that are, are, are true enemies. And, and so... Jesus, enemies we cannot defeat. We enemies we can, we yeah we can't <sighs> defeat but, but those. But Zechariah was being a prof- prophetic here when he said, now he was pro- prophesying over his own son, but uh, the birth of his son. But he made words that would indicate that this thing is just the beginning. In verse seventy-five, he says, "In holiness and righteousness before him all the days of his life." Um, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness. Yeah, without fear, people. Without fear. Fear is not from God. Rebuke it. Anxiety. Send it back to the pit. It's eating up your, your, your gift. It's eating up the truth. In holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. Now he's talking about John the Baptist. And you will be before the face of the Lord to prepare his way. So he's talking about there's something coming up, the preparing of a way. God is doing something 
to give knowledge of salvation to his people. So John the Baptist was going to get, prepare the way, give knowledge, prepare their hearts to receive repentance, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, by the remission of their sins through the tender mercies of our God, through the tender mercies of our God, who, who with which the day spring from on high has visited us. So God is sending us an opportunity. He's sending us, it doesn't look like an opportunity, doesn't look like much, it's just a baby, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. Isn't that everybody? Shadow of death, fear of this death, fear of that, shadows, darkness, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And that's really, you know, peace and safety. The world wants to give, Satan wants to give peace and safety, but to to give us peace and safety, he takes away all of our freedom. That's not how God does it. God gives us peace and safety inside of our hearts to know that we are loved and that we are okay. And so, for the most part, uh, you, you think of Jesus, not only his birth, but then his life and his ministry. People just didn't get Jesus. Mm-mm. The Pharisees didn't get him. They didn't, I mean, but getting him by, I mean, understanding him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the political leaders didn't get him, didn't understand they called for his crucifixion. They said, well, man, this guy, he's not throwing off the Romans um, yeah. off our backs. So, and we're just going to have to get rid of him because they were during this period, before the birth of Jesus, there were many aborted attempts right. of, of revolution that mm-hmm. just failed. And they said, well, here's another failure. He's, he's another but, teacher, but, another rabbi that had a group of people, and he failed. And so let's just get rid of him. But let's not get rid of him. Let's embrace Jesus Christ, not only as the babe born in Bethlehem, but as the soon returning and coming king who is mounting a white horse and is coming to this earth to bring forth judgment and justice. And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we do not faint. So that has to come from our uh, relationship with the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, who brings us into the fresh revelation of hope and peace. And here's how the salvation has been accomplished. Isaiah 53, verses 5 and 6, But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes or by his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Lord, that's your mm-hmm. way of saving us from our true enemy of the lies of the enemy, the lies of sin, the bondages of sin. All we you like came, sheep. You mm-hmm. came, yeah, we've, we've gone astray. We've wandered away, Lord God. Forgive but we us. thank you, Lord that you've come into this world to gather your people to to yourself, to set us free, to give us hope, even in the midst of a politically uh, Mm -hmm. evil world system. You have a kingdom that cannot be moved, Mm -hmm. and we live for you in the midst of this according mm -hmm. to your kingdom principles, your kingdom rules, and we thank you, Father God, that we say that your kingdom, may your kingdom come mm-hmm. and your, may your will be done Amen. in earth as it is in heaven. Amen. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless us and lift us, uh, lift the spirit of fear and, cur- and discouragement off of your people 
and fill us with your peace and your joy with the message of the revelation of your love for us, salvation and joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.